0: No. In a minute with Evan Lovett, and I'm here at my desk in the IM studios in the heart of Los Angeles with another episode brought to you by the excellent folks at Cerritos Auto Square. We sell more, so you save more. And speaking of saving, this week's episode is about a beloved LA institution that once had more than 300 locations and has since dwindled down to two. But it's in the midst of being saved by an unlikely hero, and a true L.A. American dream story. But the reason why this iconic food chain all but disappeared was shrouded in mystery is the man who built the company from his literal bootstraps turned into a Howard Hughes-type figure, and everything went haywire. I'm talking about Pioneer Chicken. And anybody that enjoys fried chicken in Los Angeles owes Pioneer Chicken a debt of gratitude. They were, and are, LA's fried chicken, and we're going to unravel the elements of this story one juicy, crispy bite at a time. This is the mystery of H.R. Kaufman and Pioneer Chicken. All right, y'all, let's get into it. We start with something that happened in LA this week, like we always do. I had some hot chicken which is, I think, L.A.'s favorite food right now and probably has been since Helen Ray's took over the city. And a new spot called Humblebird. It was delicious. And props to Louie, the owner over there, who's really, really good, and they make good chicken. But it made me crave my favorite food in the world, Pioneer chicken. <laughs> now, I've talked about Pioneer before. My dad would literally take me to Pioneer Chicken every week. It was our special place. I'd get the two-piece with biscuits, coleslaw, and of course an orange bang, and we would sit in those retro orange booths. I mean, these were retro even in the 80s, and we'd crunch into that chicken, delightedly wondering how the heck something so crispy and crunchy could still be so juicy inside. And if you've had that, Pioneer, you know what I'm talking about because It cracks like, like sugar, you know, that sugar candy, that glass sugar, and it just crumbles, but it's so delicious. But the chicken's so juicy, but it's some of my earliest and fondest fast food memories, fast, fondest food memories, Pioneer. And I remember going up, walking up to the counter and being like, what the heck are gizzards? And who would order the, the fish when their chicken was so divine and so perfect, even as a kid? And it seemed like Pioneer was on every corner with Pioneer Pete and the old the old chuck wagon that you know the logo the big old wagon seemed like it was on every corner because it practically was Pioneer owned Los Angeles. There were no Popeyes in L.A. at the time, no churches, and if you remember, KFC was seen as an inferior product, like a like a fallback. Oh, I can't go to Pioneer. I guess I'll go to KFC because. Pioneer was king in a city mad about fried chicken. Pioneer was the North Star. It was embraced by everyone in Los Angeles from its first location in Echo Park to my location in Sepulveda. It had location in Alhambra, Gardena, Crenshaw, Silmar, Pico Rivera. They were literally everywhere because there were more than 70 stores in Los Angeles, more than 70 Pioneer Chickens. But then in 1989, they suddenly weren't everywhere anymore. They were gone. What went wrong? How did a company with at the time 270 locations, but 70 plus in Los Angeles, and a company worth more than a hundred million dollars with some of the most diehard loyal customers anywhere all of a sudden disappear? Well, Disappeared for the same reason it started. Because of a man named H.R. Kaufman. This was a man who was shrouded in mystery. And because of how much Pioneer Chicken means to me personally and to Los Angeles, I went down the rabbit hole trying to figure out this man. And how H.R. Kaufman left such a legacy on Los Angeles despite his serious missteps including the near devastation of one of LA's proudest food chains. I went deep on this one, man. And it was tough. Anybody who's tried to research Pioneer, there's not a lot out there for a place that was so fantastic and so beloved. But we're diving in. Look at this. Here goes the story. H.R. Kaufman was born in 1934, and he lived in Hollywood and graduated from Hollywood High School. He enlisted in the Air Force and by 1955 was known as Rick. And when he was out of the Air Force, he tried to become, well, this is Los Angeles, so he tried to become an actor. Biggest roles he had were in live television plays. Think about that, just sidebar. He used to be like live plays on TV. This is the 50s, though. They're figuring it out. And Kaufman had plans to go to college and eventually go to law school. But a family friend challenged him to go into a business, any business, and Rick, see if you can make enough money by the end of the year to start up a second business. Kind of a weird challenge, but Rick was a guy who didn't want to back down. So challenge accepted. At the time, he was making ends meet more stable than being an actor by working at Hollywood Market on Vine Street where he was in charge of the barbecued chicken and thus learned the ins and outs of making chicken and working the chicken counter. But within six months, he was fired for giving away free food, supposedly to his dad. I couldn't confirm that. And again, with my story, going back to my dad Pioneer, I kind of, I love that. But still, you know, you're not supposed to do it, especially in the 50s. And though he vowed to get back in the chicken business, initially for revenge, I kid you not, He first wanted to make good on the bet with his family friend. So on his way out of Hollywood market, he took note of the shoe shiners outside the market. Think about this. Back in the day, there used to be dudes. I mean, you see it in New York and maybe airports, but there were dudes outside of market shining shoes in the 1950s. And that was also a good business. So he had $450 saved up, and he decided to hire a dozen shoe shiners to start up a shine business well like i said it was a good business in 1954 1956 sorry and that it worked by the end of the year it was thriving so he took his money won the bet because he opened his second business a laundromat and that was a success but while working the laundromat he noticed that people were hungry i mean you've been to a laundromat it's a boring especially the days before cell phones you got your newspaper then you're done then what do you do you're in there for multiple hours it's boring and you get hungry so sometimes the people would actually take their groceries or snacks whatever you know they didn't have snacks like they do today so they take groceries and food into the laundry mat and that's when the light bulb really went off he had what they call a eureka moment rick kaufman hr kaufman had the idea to open what was revolutionary at the time, I kid you not, I'm going to post some stuff as I do where this concept was was unheard of in LA. It was a takeout stand, specifically. He found a spot on Echo Park Boulevard in Echo Park right next to Pioneer Market and sold prepared food for takeout. Now again, we know this, street vendors, hello. But at the time least a formal takeout stand was was considered a big time idea and he was his own commissary making all his food taking it to the stand and selling it right out there on echo park boulevard and get this he had a wide array of food when you talk think of a street vendor but listen to this menu he had this 1959 by the way pioneer takeout it was a stand new england fried clams fish and chips spaghetti Fried shrimp, barbecue beef, ham, pastrami dip, french fries, onions, and oh yeah, fried chicken. All out of this stand on Echo Park Boulevard. And the fried chicken, of course, was a hit. The secret to his chicken was a wet batter. Most fried chickens use a dry batter. Fried until crisp. And you you hear about the secret recipe, the Colonel's secret recipe for KFC. That's nothing compared to Kaufman's recipe because their chicken is a bright ass orange and it's the skin again I can't convey how much crunch there is it's almost tempura like and you could hear the crunch across Echo Park Boulevard and again it was a hit this guy had a knack for business Kaufman so in 1961 and this is the date that really they say Pioneer was established it was the first formal Pioneer takeout brick and mortar But here's what made it Pioneer. I mean, besides the awesome chicken is he hired a big time chef to hone his recipe. That special recipe, which is still his in the original recipe, but a man named Tony LeBlanc, who was a master chef in Florida and Montreal. But most recently he worked at a place called Dino's Lodge in Beverly Hills, where his food was on many best of lists at the time. Get that Kaufman, the hustler hired Tony LeBlanc away from a restaurant in Beverly Hills to go help hone his fried chicken restaurant. And the rest, as they say, is L.A. history. Talk about a great move. And now, Kaufman was well aware that KFC was the Goliath in fried chicken in in America and even in Southern California at the time. But he knew that this wet batter chicken compared to KFC's dry batter was superior. And KFC also only had takeout at the time. So Kaufman's advantage was served the better chicken, but he also added a dining room and patio, not just at this location, but in subsequent locations. Well, that's what it took for people to just hunker down and just crush this fried chicken, the fried gizzards, the coleslaw, the gravy, and of course those biscuits, which again, another secret recipe, this Supposedly come up with by LeBlanc, by the way. So think about that when you're digging into the Pioneer Biscuits. Now, Pioneer developed a cult like following, and I can attest firsthand. Coffin and Pioneer began to take over LA. By the end of the 60s, they already had 20 locations, and they expanded to Northern California, and they had 200 locations in California and Hawaii by the end of the 1970s. Pioneer was rolling. Kaufman and LeBlanc were the fried chicken kings of Los Angeles in a very short period of time because that's how good the chicken was. And when I talk about those retro booths, you go in there, it has its own identity. This was a cultural phenomenon in a place that was starving for great fried chicken. And now we had it and it was so consistent and so good. How good? 1977, California State Fair. Pioneer entered their fried chicken, and it won the gold medal, further cementing its status as a fried chicken icon. But as a chain, think how impressive that is. That's like, I'm going to enter a hamburger contest, and McDonald's is about to win. Nah, not quite McDonald's, but that's impressive, and that's how good and consistent it is. But what set it on the path to even more explosive cultural growth was their other gold medal winner. Because this is the California State Fair, and they give out medals. They have have contests for everything, especially when the State Fair is a big deal. It's still fun, but I mean, it it would set trends. There was a newly created drink called the Orange Bang. Mm -hmm. You guys remember that. Orange Bang was first carried. They didn't invent it, but they were the first restaurant to carry it. So now you got your best fried chicken in LA you got your orange bang you got your crazy orange brown yellow color scheme that somehow works in this fried chicken restaurant and HR Kaufman sitting on top of LA sitting on top of the world and they're growing and they're advertising to help usher in the orange bang era Kaufman introduced pioneer Pete the animated chef in the stagecoach wagon and he rolled out a comic book Kids would come in, myself included, to try and get a Pioneer Peak comic book, eat some fried chicken. You're developing this. Again, you're you're honing this, following, you're growing this, and you're running L.A., and you're running the West Coast because by the early 1980s, Pioneer expanded our Arizona, Nevada, Hawaii. And guess what? They had some big-time celebs shilling for the brand. They had Muhammad Ali doing commercials. They had O.J. Simpson doing commercials for Pioneer. I'm telling you, Pioneer was a big deal, the biggest deal in Los Angeles. But here's where the Pioneer chicken story starts to get a little bit mysterious. By the time Pioneer was celebrating its 200th location in the late 1970s, money was rolling in for Kaufman. I mean, dude was a multi, multi, multi- Millionaire. The chain was worth, like I said, over $100 million. So Kaufman did what eccentric millionaires do and did eccentric things. He purchased the entire town of Blue Jay. This is an area near Lake Arrowhead. He purchased 37 acres of land for $3 million. And oh, by the way, a thousand residents lived on its land. Talk about being a landlord. Listen to that. But... He had visions of, of growing. I mean, look, he was successful in the shoe shine biz. He was successful in laundromat biz. He was damn well successful doing fried chicken. What couldn't he do? So you have visions of of Blue Jay being bigger than Arrowhead, bigger than Big Bear. He even had a big ceremonial handoff of the keys to the city when, when he bought the town. Okay, it was, it was in the press, it was in the newspapers, all this stuff. And it was then that he announced plans for a huge development. 45,000 square foot mall, drugstore, theater, arcade, and ice castle. Of course, a pioneer chicken. And he said, he described it at the time. He said, I want this to be the Newport Beach of the mountains. That's a little interesting comp, but, but you get the aspiration. The ambition is there. But the plan also included a mobile home park, a convention hotel, and six phases of development over five years at a cost that would exceed $20 million. Now this, again, there are a thousand residents there. I don't know if you've been up to Arrowhead and Big Bear, but the people who live there are very, very protective and understandably so. It's beautiful. They don't necessarily love outsiders coming in and mucking their stuff up. And I get it. I respect it. So these develop, you want investment, you want development, but you got to do it within the the ethos of the city, of the place. And his plans were very controversial with residents. And every step, every phase was a battle. And it took Kaufman's focus away from Pioneer. And frankly, was the impetus of the rapid downfall. While Pioneer was growing, franchising was was the big afterburners for the growth he essentially gave away the franchise rights at some point just to collect money because he was focusing on on blue jay now so one of the franchisees well three of them i guess is three indonesian alumni from usc who in 1983 pitched in bought the franchise rights and they wanted to open a pioneer chicken franchise in jakarta indonesia and they named it california fried chicken but they used the pioneer pete and the wagon logo And that soon became one of the fastest growing companies in Indonesia. So think about that. Pioneer sort of struggling, not struggling, but hitting its first obstacles here in the States. But shoot, if it could grow in Indonesia, it seems like the sky is the limit, right? But Kaufman didn't have his eye on the ball. And these were just franchisees a world away. So by 1985, Pioneer sales dropped for the first time ever. At that point, it's almost a 30-year-old company, and it was the first time that year over year their sales dropped. Kaufman was focusing on this controversial project that was sucking away his time and money. He closed down locations for the first time. Fresno closed. Phoenix closed. Hawaii closed in an effort to stay profitable. But this was only the beginning of the end. Pioneer was also suffering from intense competition in the fast food industry. KFC was coming in hard, churches expanded, and they were adding new products and more outlets and spending a ton of money on advertising. Kaufman, who was focused on his Newport in the mountains, cut back on advertising. No more OJ Simpson, no more Muhammad Ali. And advertising is crucial in the fast food business. You know this. And the thing that was happening is franchisees were paying into an advertising fund, but they weren't advertising. So where was this money going? File that away for a sec. And the lack of advertising hurt sales, which were already on the decline. But in addition to that, Pioneer was falling behind and in introducing new menu items. You know how important that is in fast food. Other places were rolling in low-fat, broiled chicken, roasted chicken to appeal to health-conscious consumers. McDonald's even rolled out chicken McNuggets. But Pioneer was getting battered by KFC and new upstarts like El Pollo Loco. But that was still just a bump in the road compared to what was going to happen. Because in the summer of 1987, county marshals arrived at all pioneer locations ordered them to open the cash registers turns out the pioneer wasn't paying invoices and the irs took the steps to collect their overdue taxes franchisees sued the company not just for misleading and fraudulent information but for stealing money out of their fund and not doing what they said they were going to do with it so pioneer lost two million dollars they turned from this profitable sky's limit company to a money losing company in 1987. And Pioneer was withholding royalties to franchisees. In addition, Pioneer owed $1.5 million in back taxes, was behind $1.3 million in rent, and they owed another million and a half to a bank. All this because Kaufman was pulling his best Howard Hughes and was trying to run a town and run a company. and was nowhere to be found, but he did turn to a friend and business associate, an attorney and former San Bernardino assemblyman, Terrence Goggin. He said, Terrence, can you help me find a buyer for the chain? Well, it turns out Goggin knew the value of pioneer the brand and what it meant to LA. So he agreed to buy the chain. It seemed like a good deal. He was going to pay Kaufman $5 million plus interest, But Goggin was going to take the store public. Pioneer was finally going to have the funding it needed to go coast to coast. And franchisees rejoiced. They relished the prospect of new management and increased advertising budgets. Finally, we could get back to doing what we do best. But it turns out finances were in shambles. There was a struggle between Goggin and Kaufman that would last for months. Disagreement about rent escalated. Goggin withheld payments to Kaufman. Kaufman locked Goggin out of the company's headquarters and declared himself back in control. And both sides appealed to franchisees for support. But the franchisees were caught in the middle. And most of these franchisees were immigrant entrepreneurs, some who paid $250,000 to become proud owners of Pioneer. And they say they were being ignored. They were paying rents directly to landlords And they were having their payments withheld. So Coffin tried to find a buyer for the company because the agreement with him and Goggin just was not working out. So finally, by 1988, Coffin fired for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. By then, there were 220 franchise owners, 270 stores. Couldn't find a buyer because of those finances. And by 1990, Pioneer's dangerously close to going completely out of business. And at the same time, Finances in the city of Blue Jay were in such disarray that the entire city was in danger of being foreclosed. So talk about a tough time for Kaufman. And where's the focus? This is what's happening to Pioneer People, in LA institution. At least in 1991, Kaufman thought he had a buyer for the city of Blue Jay, 19 million dollars. But guess what? Buyer pulled out because the finances were in shambles. Sound familiar? By 1992, the city of Blue Jay was foreclosed. Formally, Kaufman bounced. And in an auction sale, the only bidder, an entity called UC Capital, bought the town for the tidy sum of $3.2 million, only $200,000 more than Kaufman bought it for 14 years prior. That's a profit, but that's not a profit with time and inflation taken into account. But it still wasn't over for H.R. Kaufman because. Later that year, 1992, there was an arrest warrant put out for Kaufman for toxic dumping. Kaufman was responsible for cleanup in his city. This is a city with residents, but he was forsaken his responsibilities. It turns out that in 1989, when the health department and the outdoors Authorities were doing their reports. Turns out Lake Arrowhead had the fourth worst pollution in the history of San Bernardino County at the time. Kaufman had stopped paying for the proper disposal of hazardous materials. And the lake bed, Lake Arrowhead, pristine, beautiful, former Olympic site movies, was littered with boat batteries, oil filters, sunken boats, oil drums, fuel tanks. So yeah, Kaufman wasn't just running afoul financially he was causing some significant damage in the town that he had owned the town that was his downfall and the downfall of pioneer and by then Kaufman was 58 years old and that's the absolute last that you hear of him now you know I do research I can't find anything follow up on the case follow up on Kaufman nothing disappeared 1992 Which was the same year that Popeye's Chicken and Biscuits owner, AFC Enterprise, purchased the Pioneer franchise and converted 82 of the 84 Los Angeles locations to Popeye's within the next year. And Pioneer was gone. Well, mostly gone. A little bit more on that. Because Popeye's didn't buy the chain in Indonesia because that was California fried chicken. And by then it had divested itself completely from Pioneer. But it was thriving. And there were 269 California fried chicken locations in Indonesia. And to this day, by the way, it's the fifth most popular food chain in the country and employs 1,400 people. And what's funny is the 269 locations in Indonesia is conspicuously similar to the 270 locations Pioneer once had in the US. How funny is that? But again, Kaufman never heard from again, except for one lone Facebook profile, Rick.Kaufman.12, which launched in April of 2010. And I don't know if it's him or if it's not, but I don't know who would open a Facebook page in 2010 for a rick kaufman with the bio former founder ceo at pioneer takeout chicken inc which by the way was the formal name of the company and he had 46 followers and has posted four times and what's funny is the picture looks absolutely like an aged 76 year old rick kaufman but there's no other defining information as to what happened Or what is happening to this man that created one of the most legendary eateries ever to come out of Los Angeles? And that is the mystery of H.R. Kaufman and Pioneer Chicken. So if you're from L.A. or anywhere in Southern California, you know Cerritos Auto Square and their famous slogan, they sell more, so you save more. Well, get this. A new documentary is coming out. It follows the creation of this SoCal institution, Cerritos Auto Square. And I didn't realize this, but it's the largest auto center by annual sales in the country. The documentary starts at the beginning when the area was all dairy farms. You know how I love to look back on Southern California history and its evolution. And I didn't realize how much work and innovation went into creating the world's largest auto center. I'm actually surprised... At how interesting this documentary is. There's a ton of historical footage from old Southern California. And you know I was loving every scene. So in keeping with the theme World's Largest, they're hosting the world's largest red carpet movie premiere in California. The free movie premiere will be held at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, February 22nd at the amazing Cerrito Center for the Performing Arts. Attendance is free but it's limited to the first 1,600 registrations. So make sure you secure your ticket at com slash movie. Again, the free movie premiere will be held at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, February 22nd at the Cerritos Center for the Performing Arts. Free tickets can be secured at com slash movie. I'll see you there. As for one thing to do in LA this week, this is easy. Go to Pioneer Chicken. Yeah, those two that I mentioned earlier, they're still remaining and they're still Pioneer. First one, 904 South Soto Street in Boyle Heights. Second one, 6323 Florence Avenue in Bell Gardens. Again, it's my absolute favorite food, favorite meal, favorite culinary landmark in Los Angeles. And it's not just the food, though that's incredible. It's the fact that it still tastes like the Pioneer that you remember, it still has that crunch heard around the world. But the thing is, this is a story of another L.A. American dream. This is the story of a man named Mike and a man named Salvador who made this Los Angeles American dream happen and are making the reality of an impossible comeback for Pioneer Chicken come to fruition. Listen to this. Story starts in the 1980s when Salvador immigrated to L.A. from Jarepo Michoacán. He settled in Pacoima and he went to work at Pioneer, which is where he met Mike. Now, they didn't work at the same location, but they both worked at Pioneers and they crossed paths throughout the decade and they noted how important Pioneer was in the LA culture and they they bonded. They're both employees. They both have the Pioneer in their blood. And they were there when Kaufman bought Blue Jay. They were there when the FBI Marshall raid went down. They were there when the franchisees understandably flipped out. And they were there when the rest of the chain was converted into Popeyes. But it just so happens that the two locations they were at, Salvador and Mike, happened to be the two that did not convert into Popeyes. So due to Pioneer's bankruptcy, the owners, the existing owners of those locations, were able to buy the rights to Pioneer takeout from the bankruptcy court. That means recipes, systems, blueprints, everything Pioneer-related, trademarks, all that. And Popeyes... To their, I guess, credit or discredit, since they kind of disrespected Pioneer. They never went near the brand or the systems. And they just encouraged the active franchisees to switch over because it was cheaper for everybody to move into a kitchen than to build new locations. So basically, Popeyes became I mean, Pioneer became Popeyes, right? It's not like they they instituted all these new locations and made everybody move. So the customers kept coming, but they were getting older. I come here all the time became, I used to come here when I was a kid. And demographics were changing. Times were changing. Economics were changing. But Salvador and Mike were still there. And they saw something special. This is Pioneer. So they bought their respective locations. They knew they had to push forward. They had to keep Pioneer exactly. I mean, exactly as it was in the 1980s with the same special recipe, the same batter process, the same secret biscuit recipe. And the people that came thanked their lucky stars that Pioneer still existed. And Sal ran his location. He's the one in Boyle Heights with his wife until his son and wife entered the business. And while this food stayed excellent, business was rough. There was no social media presence. Now this had turned into 2000s, the 2010s. And... In this day and age, if you don't have a social media presence, that's a huge component of the business. So by pandemic time, enter the grandson of Salvador, Ernesto. Great guy, by the way. We've talked many times. Really works hard. Good dude. He started working at the Boyle Heights location when he was in high school. And during the pandemic, he started posting TikToks. So he was able to get some eyeballs to the brand and people were like, what? Pioneer's still around? And he brought the splendors of Pioneer Chicken to a generation raised on L.A.'s fried chicken, which, by the way, is now predominantly hot chicken Nashville style. I mean, look, props to Hall and Rays and Dave's Hot Chicken, great L.A. brands. And it's awesome. But they're doing Nashville style chicken. Pioneer does L.A. fried chicken. And Ernesto went hard to convey that. He would post these dope TikToks, highlighting the food, good LA soundtrack, and just reminding people what Pioneer Chicken was all about. The true LA fried chicken. And he was able to make it work. Social media presence grew. And by 2021, his sister Val came on board. She launched the Instagram. And the thing is, Val's a very talented graphic designer. She was able to thread the needle of updating Pioneer's marketing and messaging, but still staying true to the brand. Go look at the page. She has some really good concepts, ads. I honestly, this is the truth. I reported on Pioneer for LA in a minute at the very beginning of when I was doing this because again, it's my favorite my dad and all those memories, but I was like, oh my God, they hired an, uh, an advertising firm to do this. No, that's all Valve. Super talented. She does a damn good job. It's kind of like... Uh, She's leaning into this retro feel, focusing on a meld of the past, like Pioneer's heyday, the 70s and 80s, but somehow with today's sensibilities, like, check it out. I'm very, very impressed, and it makes me happy because I know it's making people want to go to Pioneer and eat Pioneer, and look, I go to Pioneer about three times a year. I would go probably 100 times a year if it was on the same block, but my cholesterol would, would not be too happy about that, but... When I go to Pioneer, it still feels updated and fresh while also being old school and authentic. And when I tell you the food tastes like you remember it, I'm telling you, you can hear the chicken chatter from that crunch from across the restaurant. And look, when I'm in there, they're bustling, and they're busy, which means Ernesto and Val and the family are doing a great job. And now Pioneer has almost 100,000 followers on social media, which says something. But most importantly, Ernesto says there, there may be plans to expand. Don't jump on it. It's still a small family-run business at this point. But for those of us that love Los Angeles, this would really be an American dream on a lot of different levels. And my personal dream for Pioneer to get back to the point where they, where they are indeed what H.R. Kaufman not just envisioned but actually accomplished 40 years ago. Pioneer Chicken as L.A.'s Fried Chicken Kings. And synonymous with Los Angeles because it is. And they're on their way back. Thank you to a family from Michoacan that settled in Pacoima and their friend Mike, who have maintained the legacy and the brand despite the mystery of H.R. Kaufman and the downfall of a once proud entity in Los Angeles. And, folks, Go to the Pioneer Boyle Heights. Go to the one in Bell Gardens and support what is indeed one heck of a Los Angeles American dream story. Pioneer Chicken. That is your one thing to do in LA this week. So thank you for listening to this episode of In a Minute with Evan Lovett. I really enjoy making these episodes and I hope you're having fun listening. We continue to grow and that's thanks to you. So I want to appreciate everybody who listens to the show. Truly thank you. And as always, if you give a five-star rating or a review, I will be forever thankful. And if you subscribe and share with a friend, I will be eternally grateful. So I hope you enjoyed this story about Pioneer Chicken and another Los Angeles American dream, this time shrouded in the mystery of H.R. Kaufman. All right, y'all, it's been a minute.